This is the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, episode 117. Welcome to the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, the very best tips, tools, and ideas from real estate's top performers. Now, here's your host, Ray Wood. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. Well, we all have setbacks. Some are our fault or even accidental. Others are beyond our control. But when it comes to real estate, setbacks and disappointments are just part of the terrain. Any good agent won't wallow in the dumps for long. They distract themselves with extra activity and quickly leave any setbacks in the rearview mirror. But let's be honest, a setback can hurt. The end of a relationship, a poor investment, or even losing a listing. We all know that hurts. It's probably harder on the young when you're new in the world and finding your way. You don't have the confidence of a battle-hardened pro, and sometimes when you go to get back on that horse, it looks higher than ever. That's why I love this story. I also love it because it caters to my personal love of a rags-to-riches story and overcoming adversity. I guess that's why there's so many Hollywood blockbusters that follow that successful formula. I also like the story because it was able to let me showcase our new startup, Jiggler. Well before we launched, we began secretly testing our ideas with a number of agents in completely different locations. We wanted to know what real estate flyers worked and why. We had to make sure that when we launched Jiggler, our templates converted. The flyer you'll hear about in this interview flew out of the blocks like an Olympic hurdler. In fact, some of the results were that amazing, I had to call the agents back to go deeper on their results just to be sure. The fastest and most effective way to promote any product is real evidence from someone who's used it. It's like the power of a testimonial. My Jiggler partners and I can talk all day about how great our templates are, but it's much more powerful and convincing coming from someone in the field, someone who's actually used it. When I heard about the results Alex Garden was getting with this one particular flyer, I knew I had to get him on the show, which was a treat for me because I got to meet a driven young man who could prove anything is possible and that the old school theory of paying your dues and slowly building towards success is totally incorrect. If you want to follow Alex's lead and get extra listing leads right now, please listen carefully to when he gets his flyers out and where. These two components will be a critical part of your success. I love real estate so much, but when I see evidence of the impressive power it has to change lives and deliver such amazing results so quickly, I love it even more. I'm inspired by this guy and what he did. I'm genuinely impressed by his discipline, his work ethic, his self-respect, and his courage. But perhaps most of all, his mindset. He took a big hit on the chin and he rallied. I want to say a big thanks to Alex, and we're so proud to have him as one of a growing number of Jiggler Jedis. He's seen the tough times, and now he's building an impressive real estate career. Does it get any better than that? G'day, Alex. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad, Ray. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, buddy. Um, I hear on the grapevine uh, you've been in real estate for a year, but there's a bit of backstory to it. Tell us how you got into real estate. Tell us a little bit about your journey into, uh, into getting into real estate. Um, oh, well, it, it started when, I guess, when I found out I was going to be a dad at a very young age. Um, How old were you? I was 19. Okay. Um, most of my friends were still out partying and, and at, and when that sort of happens here, you grow up quite quickly. Yep. Um, so I was working as a diesel mechanic in Toowoomba for a company and 
was on minimum wage, not not doing very well and and not enjoying it at all. Right. Um, a few things happened and we we decided to move to the Sunshine Coast uh, as a quite a rush decision and um, basically moved here with with about four hundred dollars in the bank and no real opportunity. So I ended up snagging a, a quick job as a mechanic in uh, Kunda Park on the other side of Sunshine Coast and lasted about two days there because on, on my first day I spilled about a thousand dollars worth of oil and and they pretty much let me go from there. So it wasn't really the thing I was supposed to do. And um, we actually lived down the road from the real estate and I and I said, oh, I'm just going to go out and I'm just going to get a job and I'm going to come back and, and we'll be right. Hey, so I went for a walk up the street. Was your baby born at this stage? Yeah. yeah right. Yep. He was. Yeah. Yep. And that, that's when things got really desperate. Yep. Um, so I went for a walk up the street. Uh, it just so happened to be a day that my boss, Paul O'Brien, was, was in the in the office and um, – yeah, from the minute I walked in, he liked the fact that I walked in and, and asked for a job and could see that I, I was um, hungry for it. And, uh, yeah, pretty much started that next week. But um, he gave me an opportunity and I and I took it. And that was a bit over a year ago? Uh, no, just over two years two ago. Years the first ago. year I was his personal assistant. Okay, and that's, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, okay, tell me about... So you were you were you were uh, I'm sorry it's Paul Paul's Paul's assistant for the first year, um, yep. And then uh, he set you free on the uh, on the good um, on on the on the good people of uh, of Biwa on the sunny coast. And tell me what tell me what happened in your first year. What sort of uh, GCI did you do? Listings and sales. Yeah. Um, no, it was it was pretty much yeah thrown to the wolves. Um, he gave me all the training I needed, but he just said. Um, sign up with best agents and follow Aaron's system and, and you'll do well. And that's what I did. And, and I managed to list, um, I sold 53 homes in the first year. Wow. And it's more than one and, a week. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it worked out really well. And, and, um, and pulled in just under, just, just under 400, uh, gross GCI. So, um, 52 sales in the first year, 350. So, what was your take home like year two compared to when you were a diesel mechanic? Oh, um, diesel mechanic, I think I was on take home was about twenty eight thousand a year. Yep, um, and that was putting in overtime everywhere I could. Yep, uh, and then now I think last year was somewhere around the hundred and fifty thousand. So nice, definitely a, bi- a big change. <laughs> nice, nice. You've and, and you've, a lot cleaner too. <laughs> you've five xed it. Yeah, you don't have to. Uh, yeah. You haven't got any grease under your fingernails. Um, well, that is a good story. Well, I hope you've gone back to your boss at the diesel mechanic place and, uh, have you been tempted to go back and give him the finger? Oh, for sure. Oh, I just, I just probably thank him for, for pushing me in, yes. pushing me out sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, meant, I meant that in jest. He did you a major favor, <laughs> eh? That's pretty oh, awesome. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 So let's just rewind a little bit. What was some of the key things you learned from Paul? I guess how to use your time and, and prospecting and, uh, and, uh, building contacts. Yeah. Well, well, Paul's a, a brilliant operator. He, he, he can run a business and teach two or three people at once. And it's, it's brilliant. Um, he, he taught me to not rush with things. Um, that attention to detail is key. And um, basically, your, your smile goes a long way. And um, try and take away from that typical real estate, I guess, um, 
attitude and um, create your own. And so he, he took me along to every appraisal. He, he let me run buyers. He, he let me uh, negotiate on some deals and um, taught me what I needed to know. And I probably wouldn't be here without him. Yeah. Well, I can tell you for a fact that not everybody gets a mentor like Paul and um – uh, it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty awesome uh, thing that he's done for you. So, uh, um, you are, you are lucky, but it looks like you've really capitalized on your luck. Obviously, you've realized the opportunity and, and you've really turned it into something. So, so congratulations. Um, what would you say is the, what's the, what's the number one reason for your success, do you think? Uh, following the, um, best agents, uh, system okay pretty okay. much cool yeah cool and all the marketing yep okay um and what about what about your tenacity and and because because it is hard we got to get a lot of no's to get a yes sometimes in real estate and it's especially the case when you start did you find that difficult going from um going from i guess you know doing a job where you just have to turn up albeit if you only got 28 grand a year but to to going to something where you had to you had to hustle a little bit yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so so pretty much the hardest um, step was overcoming the age barrier. Um, a lot of real estate agents, especially in this area where we are a country town, everyone's known each other for 20, 30 years and everyone knows each other. Um, so a lot of the agents had been in business at least 10 years and they were all, I guess, 40-plus years old and I, and I come in younger than everyone and and um just my enthusiasm got me over the line most of the time yeah yeah i really like that i really like that i i uh, i love the fact that that you know hustling can make up for a lot of of inexperience and i guess that's a skill that you learned from paul yeah, yeah definitely you got to be hungry for it and in my position if my partner just stays at home looking after my son so if um if I didn't sell homes we we didn't eat so yeah it's a, that's a scary thought but <laughs> um, you just got to do what you got to do yeah I, I know you're only new to real estate but it's it is a it is a pretty awesome story and it's almost like you had to see the had to see the dark side to to make you realize or, or motivate you to to go for something and you've what have you done? You've you five you know five x your your salary, which is pretty amazing in a in two years. Not too many people do that. Um, what would you give? What would you? What advice would you give to somebody who's in their first year in real estate? What are some of the things that 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 you know if they took you out for a coffee and said, Alex, let me pick your brain. What what should I be doing? What sort of two or three things that that you'd be getting them to focus on? Um. Number one, get in touch with best agents. I think that the okay. system works. There's a lot of there's a lot of ones out there, and I've tried them all, and and they don't um, they structure themselves around big city type uh, sales and and everything auction. Well, a lot of the time, you know, you're dealing with little country towns and country people, and and it's just not like that out here. Um, second thing is uh, back yourself and trust yourself that you're gonna you're gonna win the business every time, and, and don't doubt yourself. Um, follow out as many you you go with the people who are who are winning the business. So your colleagues in in the job go to as many appraisals, go to all the open homes, open up homes for them. Um, just just basically open as many doors as you can. Yeah. Um, 
Not a lot of people, and I know because I speak to so many agents in their first you know year or two, not a lot of people have that opportunity. What would you do if if you were in an office where you didn't have that opportunity to go to go to a lot of opens? Uh, focus, focus on the little guy. Um, I I made a lot of sales selling the homes at around three hundred to four hundred thousand, whereas a lot of people are focusing on the big dollar things. Year six, seven hundred up to a million dollars, and and they spend a lot of their time trying to help with those people. But yep. one thing Paul used to tell me is little fish are sweet. Little fish and are that's sweet. Yep. Yeah, I've, I've lived with that, and and it's done well for me because I sell ten, whereas the other would sell one. Yeah, in the time frame that I'd take to do that. So, yeah, take on take on anything, and um, always go into a house with an open mind, even if it's even if it's the worst house in the street. It's full of rubbish and everything. You still go in there with a smile and a, and a positive attitude, and nine times out of ten, you'll win the business. Yeah, because people are looking for a solution, and I guess they're looking for somebody that they can work with as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Um, the big thing is finding common ground. Like you go into, you look around on the photos on the walls, and the and say they got trophies. Or my big thing is cars or fishing, anything I can relate to. And um, yeah, yeah. Sure enough, that sparks a conversation. And um, yeah, you get a, you get uh, friendly with them enough to um, openly talk, and and that usually is your foot in the door. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, Alex, what about your pre-listing scenario? So, do you use a pre-listing kit? Um, tell me, what do you do to set up your your client for your visit before you get there? Uh, it's usually initial contact would be the phone call, um, calling me in. So you get to know as much detail about the property as you can, uh, how many beds, bathroom, how long they've been there, and you, you know all that stuff from from Pricefinder or RP Data or anything anyway. But it's always good to to just ask them and get them talking. Um, from there, you would talk about oh yeah, you know you have a look at the photos on PDF and you say oh you, yours is the one with the nice fence or the nice gardens out the front or something like that, and, and they they get the impression that you know their house. So if they feel comfortable with you, once you once you get in the door, it's uh, oh well. Before you get in the door, it's it's quite easy. You write them a handwritten letter, drop off the pre-listing kit. Um, I've started to use Aaron's questionnaire. Yep. Uh, so far, it's been doing okay. Um, yep. I get a few people fill it out. A few people don't worry about. It, they just want to talk. But yep. yeah, you customize your your appraisal to each person, I suppose. Yep. I find the people that fill out the questionnaire are the definite sellers. It's always a bit of a clue. Do you find that at all or is it different where you are? Yeah, especially going into a blind date, I suppose, when, when they don't know you, they want to know um, your fees, your, what, what it's worth and, and how much it's going to cost me and pretty much get out of the door sort of thing. So, yep. Yep. yeah, the questionnaire has definitely helped. And, and they're I don't know if they're sort of the urgent sellers, but they're – more or less the the ones that are very particular and you've got to spend the most time with. So yeah. it's it's good to fish them out, yeah. Yeah, it's why I think a lot of people new to real estate at that listing presentation, because that's a do-or-die thing really. I mean, if you're – what's the average fee in your area? Eight or um, ten grand? Yeah, about 3%. So, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, a lot of people new to real estate go in and, and – they look around before they get a chance to establish any rapport. And after you look around, the owner says, you know, the, the owner's well within their rights to say, 
what do you think it's worth and what's your fee. But if you get the chance to, you know, sit down and have a bit of a chat before you look around, then you've got the opportunity to establish some rapport and, and, um, and, you know, get them, get to know each other a little bit before, uh, you're looking around and, and avoiding that sudden death question. So, cause you're trying to, yeah. <laughs> you're trying to, you know, you don't want to, um, what do they often call it? Price shock. Um, <laughs> you know, you, people will live or die. You live or die by by uh, your opinion on price. So, uh, anything you can do to warm that situation up and establish some rapport beforehand is always better. Alex, what about prospecting? Is that something that you do daily? And uh, how do you do that? Yeah. Um, uh, basically, we have a structure set out. So, I do a lot of Facebook competitions and a lot of um, seasonal competitions: Easter, Christmas, uh, all the works. Um, but my biggest prospecting tool is a price drive letter. Right. And I think and it works fantastic. I get four or five appraisals a week out of that. Okay. And that, that keeps me going. So they don't happen. They're not uh, appraisal sign-up listings. Uh, they are ones to go in the pipeline. And um, basically I built my last year around the listings that came on then. Now I think probably at least 40% of the listings I listed last year were come from price drive letters the year before. So um, it's definitely, yeah, a big chunk of my business. Yeah, so nice. So, you, do you you obviously don't blanket the whole area with your price drive letter? If you're doing it on a regular basis, you do a certain area. What do you do? Like a few thousand, and then you move on to another area. How does that work? Um, I actually target specific pockets, and um, there might be only three hundred homes, uh, right? And I might do that one week. Right. I've got my blanket drop flies going out all the time, but. They're just basically in your face, you know, look at me type thing. They're not really about uh, getting the business too much. But, yeah, the price drive letters are more specific to the owners and it's it's a, a way to get your foot in the door yep. and um, create a relationship with someone. So I like to just keep it small. And, I th- yeah, I think the less you do is probably better in that because you, get, you do get four or five appraisals a week out of it. Yeah. And I have blanket dropped it where I've had – 20 appraisals in a week and yep. it just gets too much for you, you gotta, and, and that's where you get sloppy when you get too many like that but yep. um, that's comfortable where I am at the moment with that yeah cool um, we talked about prospecting before and I think one of the big reasons that people either don't like or don't do prospecting the same thing I guess is that they're often not sure exactly what to say can you can you just give us an example if you were if you were calling up a warm contact as to as to what you'd say? Um, warm contact. Well, I've got a few scripts that Aaron's given me, and, and usually I have that sitting in front of me. Um, but yeah, it would just just go along uh, along the lines of "Hi, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Um, just letting you know we've just uh, listed or just sold uh, a property just around the corner from yourself. Uh, we have." A few leftover buyers, um, two in particular I have qualified that are in a position to buy now. Just wondering, were you, were you thinking about doing anything anytime soon? And and they would say yes or no. And, and I'd say, well, if they said no, and I said, well, if you did move, where would you go? And, and what sort of money would we have to get you to be able to achieve that? And a lot of people are unsure on what their prices are. So that's when you close the door and say, hi, would you like, would you like an, an updated um, new price range for yep. your property or yep. something like that. I love yeah. it. I love it. So you're always on the front foot offering something and and you're greeting yeah. greeting them with news. You're not just asking them if they want to sell point blank. 
Yeah, even if it's a no, you still want to get something out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that. What else? You got any other secrets you can share with us? What's your? Because uh, that's a pretty phenomenal effort to to record that in in a very short space of time to to get to that sort of income. Is there anything else that that uh, you'd attribute to your success that jumps out, stands out in your mind? Um. Oh, just just meet as many people as you can. Get in and and. Um get in contact with shop owners, make friends with the local, the locals, the co- all the coffee shops, uh, have coffee once a week at, at a different place and, and just talk to the, the owners. Generally, they know someone who's been chatting to them who might be thinking about doing something. Yep. Have your, um, yeah, I, I guess um, I sort of call them your groupies who are out there yep. uh, spreading the word about you. So you have your, and you have your people who not, not necessarily have sold with you or bought with you, but they just they love you and and they tell everyone about you and you take them you take them a bottle of wine or something like that or you have coffee with them every few months and say thanks for your referrals and everything. Yep. So you're raving fans, yeah, I like it. How many? Yeah. How many? How many contacts would you have in your database? Would you say, give or take? Uh, just uh, probably just under a thousand contacts okay. in the database, but okay. people that I I, I probably have more out there that just I'd stop and talk to type thing. Yep, yep. Yeah, I was just trying to make as much time for them as possible. Lovely, lovely. Well, mate, I just want to say uh, I think it's an inspirational effort. Um, you've you've gone out there and you've got the resources that you've needed to to really make a to you know to make a difference. Um, I have to wonder, and you probably do as well, if you know. Uh, I guess if it wasn't for your son and you were starting this this new life, um, you know, if if you would have taken this step, life life's funny and the journey's funny that way. But uh, uh, I guess the shock of 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 being a dad as a and still a teenager uh, has motivated you, uh, you know, rocketed you into this career. And the last the last couple of years probably feels like a couple of months. Pretty much, yeah. It yeah. definitely motivates you anyway. And and what was it about the sunny coast? I mean, you live in a beautiful part of the world, but did you go you guys have family there or something like that? No, not really. We just we we love our weekend. So we love just getting away from, from work and things like that. And Toowoomba didn't really have anything to offer us. We were always travelling to Brisbane or the Gold Coast or somewhere like that. Gold Coast gets a bit hectic most of the year. So we thought we're, we're somewhere quiet that we can still have a, a lifestyle as well. And Sunshine Coast just ticked all the boxes. And, and BOI didn't really stand out at the time, but, I, you know, living right next to the Glasshouse Mountains and, and the type of blocks we can get here. And I, I just bought a house here. So Did you? I can definitely Congratulations. See why, yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I can definitely see why people live out here now rather than on right on the coast. Yeah. I, so, I yeah. used to live in Noosa Heads for a few years when I left Melbourne. And, um, yeah. It is, it is truly the sunny coast. I, I think, uh, and, and people that I've met overseas and traveling and whether it's here in Canada or the States or wherever, um, those that have been to the sunshine coast go, man, why did you leave? It's so awesome. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Um, so, and you know, I love mountain biking and the hiking and walking and, and, uh, boy, I, I loved it in the summer. It's, uh, it's kind of light at four thirty in the morning. It's uh, it's ma- it's it's amazing, eh? It's uh, and yeah. I guess Toowoomba is Toowoomba's uh, not exactly on the coast, and and I think I heard you say before you like fishing. Yeah, I love fishing. Love um, yeah, getting out on the boat and 
yeah, there's definitely a nice little getaway. You switch the phone off and, yeah, for a couple of hours and, yeah, it's, it's a nice little escape. Yeah, I love the analogy between fishing and, and prospecting. You've got to go where the fish are and you've got to have the right bait. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Well, Alex, thanks again. Uh, it's been a blast. Uh, I'm going to keep in touch. Uh, I'll let you know when we, when we go live, but I'd like to thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on your success. Thanks so much for sharing your story, and, uh, and I'll speak to you shortly. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome, bud. The next time you need professional real estate marketing flyers, letters or cards, don't ask your graphics people for an estimate or try to create something great in a Word doc. Instead, head over to Jiggler.com and set up a free account. Jiggler is the online creative marketing tool for agents and it's jammed with proven templates including flyers, cards, stationery, letters and awesome social media posts. And it's so easy to use. If you can drive your Facebook page, you can drive Jiggler. So say goodbye to expensive graphic design bills, wasting time with clunky programs and marketing ideas that don't work, and say hello to Jiggler. Set up your free account today at Jiggler.com. That's J-I-G-G-L-A-R.com. It's no coincidence real estate's top agents use real estate's best software. Locked On is so popular with top producers because it's laden with features, but so easy to use at the same time. Backed by the number one support team in the industry, agents say Locked On is fast, reliable, and like having two assistants. If your real estate software and systems are holding you back, why not experience the ultimate cloud-based solution and take your productivity to the next level? To get your free 30-day trial and for special discount for life deal, go to LockedOn.com forward slash Ray.